Hey, Manifester. I'm Jacqueline Johnston, the creator of Manifest It and the author of the best-selling books, Don't Feel Stuck. Do you want to know how to manifest, manifest faster? Join us because we're about to tell you just how we like to do it. Hey Whitney, how are you doing today? I am doing so good. Really happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast channel. I am so interested to know about how you went from basically, I think if I read correctly, you were working at a company and then you started your own company, Inner Vibe Tribe. Is that correct? Um, Yes, in part. So I have my own clinical therapy practice and then Inner Vibe Tribe was actually kind of born from there. But they are two separate businesses with two slightly different focuses. Um, although there's a lot of crossover with the two. Whitney is an expert around the human brain, the, how we think in relationships. I've been in crappy relationships in my past. I was in a relationship with a narcissist and it was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life with another person. And I thankfully survived that. And I think that there are a lot of narcissists in the world and there's also a lot of psychopaths and a lot of sociopaths. And Mm -hmm. kind of over the years, I have learned to build a protective bubble around myself and to watch how people behave rather than to listen to what they say. Do you have any advice for any of our listeners that you know, maybe they're feeling trapped right now in a situation, you know, where mm-hmm. the upper hand and they want to have all the control and they're feeling mm-hmm. a little scared and, and or really scared, mm-hmm. uneasy. What do you say to listeners that might be in this type of situation? I 100% agree. I, I have a post I'm actually about to do soon on my Instagram related to paying attention more to the energy you know, even if some people don't necessarily subscribe to that terminology in a spiritual sense, I think just in in a general sense if energy feels off to you, don't be so quick to feel like you're the one who's crazy, or you're the one who is causing things to feel off. It is possible for other people to bring off energy or manipulative energy or controlling energy our way, especially like the thing you brought up gaslighting, crazy making is what I call it when they kind of make you question yourself in multiple ways. And it doesn't matter if the narcissistic person is intentional about what they're doing, or they're totally unconscious of it, you can still be a narcissist and not know it. And in fact, many are right. I mean, it's a Mm -hmm. disorder. And so what I would say to people listening, if you're in a tough situation, or you feel trapped in any way, there may be more resources out there for you, if that makes sense, you may be able to take a step back and really just sit with yourself without other people's energy around without taking in your partner's energy or your boss's energy or like a family member's energy. I think it's really important to come back to self 
because nine times out of 10, you're not crazy. You're in a a really tough situation and there's 10,000 directions of energy coming around you and to be able to be get quiet again and get focused might actually clear a lot of things up and get you to the place where you can ask for help from someone you trust. Mm -hmm. That's really Mm -hmm. good advice because at the time I didn't know what it, I had never heard of the term narcissist when I was in that Mm -hmm. relationship. So I, I was crazy. And so when I went to cognitive behavioral therapy, the therapist said, do you know what narcissism is? And I was like, no. And I mean, like, I know narciss- narcissists from the mythology sense, but I was like, I, I don't know of it in, in a sense of like society. I never thought about it. But then, because I feel like if you want to resolve something, like go straight to the source and so mm-hmm. I bought a book that is written by a narcissist by Sam Vaxman. It's called Malignant Self Love. And wow. he's a like full blown narcissist. And he wrote a book about how narcissists think and behave and how they tick. And, and it really yeah. opened my eyes to so much and helped me to realize that, oh, I'm not the crazy one. Okay. They right. do such a great job at you know, making you feel cornered and making you feel like, oh, did I really do that? Did I say that? Because when I was in my 20s and I felt this way, I, unfortunately, I resorted to rock bottom behavior on my part. And even though I survived it and I'm so thankful that I did, I just really, really hope that people who are in there listening to this, that yeah, I used to be naive too, if you're feeling that way. And I used to feel helpless. And there's always another option than resorting to hurting yourself. And that's one reason why I was so interested in interviewing you today, Whitney, because you created Inner Vibe Tribe. And I want to know all about it. Tell me how you had your business and who you help. What's your mission? Inner Vibe Tribe, it feels like such a a life integrated story for me because it it is me. It is such a big part of me. So I started my career as a psychotherapist about seven years ago and I sought out to work with couples. And then like as I was doing that work going through the years, I realized that there was this kind of like the secret sauce to the how I did my therapy. And I would have clients kind of like comment on it every now and then, but almost like you're different. What is it? How do you do what you do? Like I've been to lots of therapists. What's different about you? And so I actually had to do some soul searching. And I realized that my spiritual and wellness lifestyle is something that I kind of just without even realized was integrating into the therapy. So it didn't really feel like traditional therapy to them. And then that's where everything started. And from there, I just kind of ran with it because I realized that's really who I am. I have the clinical side and the training of what I do. And that's really like what I label as like my masculine energy, logical, common sense mind. And then I have this spiritual feminine energy, um, meditation, I do oracle cards and tarot cards. And so that's where inner vibe tribe was actually really created was I wanted to be able to bring people a hybrid model. And that's not as easy as someone might think, (laughs) especially coming from the clinical world some of those spiritual healing elements are still not evidence-based enough to be included as models of therapy. Yeah, I've been spiritual really my whole life. Like when I was a teenager, I thought the astrology thing was kind of fun. And yeah, 
as an adult, I, you know, I still think it's fun. I don't, I don't believe a hundred percent of everything it says, but well, mainly because I believe in the law of attraction and I believe in science and psychology of science. And I think it's fun. And I think it's a, a nice guide because on a surface level, it does correlate with a lot of people and their personalities and their behaviors and their thinking style. But at the end of the day, like, I still feel like, well, I still get to choose how I want to, you know, respond to things. It, it took me a long time for me to embrace spirituality in a way where people, because yeah, like you said, it's still kind of, at least in my mm-hmm. observation, some people mm-hmm. get it as like a woo-woo thing. I don't feel that spirituality is all woo-woo. I feel like it's a way of getting more in touch with your consciousness and your subconscious. And therefore, I think it's great that people like you incorporate both of them. And I used to feel very torn about it because in the spiritual community, they wanted me to be just all woo-woo. And I thought, oh my God, well, one, I have all this training and I went to college. So paid all this money. (laughs) So I feel like that was part of it, not the whole thing. But then I was like, well, love what you said about the power to choose. I've been to spiritual practitioners where I walked into their office and they kind of already had this essence about them. Like, I'm going to tell you about your life and your future and your past. And that did not feel healing or helpful to me because I felt like they weren't being respectful of my intuition and how it was like to experience my own life and my own body. And so I only work with spiritual practitioners who value that at the highest level. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's how I approach both my therapy clients and my spiritual coaching clients. They're the author of their own life. My spiritual insight is something that's an offering that they can look at, but they absolutely don't have to do anything more with it or accept it. And so Inner Vibe Tribe was kind of just born out of that experience. You know, I always say that to my readers and to the audience, the people that follow me, your reality is basically how you choose to observe it. And your perception is your reality and reality is based on your perception. It's all interchangeable. So I love that you incorporate spirituality plus psychology because really and truly it's both dealing with the brain and dealing with our mindset. And so I really, really love what that you're doing a hybrid model for your business. Was there ever like a really scary belief that you had going into this business or maybe something that you have now? And how did you overcome it? How long did it take? Oh my gosh, lots of scary beliefs, but I think the biggest one for me to to overcome, and I've definitely done probably like 90% of the overcoming on this, but it really was this feeling of like doing something different and then I always thought like, okay, how is this going to be seen as valuable? Like being seen as this is something that people could use and not having clients initially walk into my door, like saying, we want this integration. It was normally one or the other. And Mm so I feel like that was kind of terrifying because I was hearing feedback from people who are usually on like one side of the conversation or the other, like all clinical, no spiritual or all spiritual, no clinical. And so I was just having a hard time finding somebody And so that made it hard for me to kind of believe in my mission and what I feel like I was really meant to do. But what I'll say was I took, I mean, it was a little bit of risk and faith in myself and like that I 
really did understand my mission the way I thought I understood it and just moving forward with that. And then little by little, these clients start to show up that are, I'm like, wow, you're like, you're perfect for what it is that I'm trying to offer. And so it, the proof just started to show up. And so that helped me build confidence in myself and my mission and my purpose. And I also had this because I'm spiritual. I had these little synchronicities coming in over time that were just reassuring me. I love looking for positive reassuring signs and signals that I'm doing the right thing. I'm in the right place. It's the right time mm-hmm. and that I'm on the right track. So, okay, you have your website, it's Whitney Nicole, and then there's Mm -hmm. Tribe Tribe on Instagram, which is how we found each other. Are they two separate or are they, is it one company? So it's actually one. So it's Inner Vibe Tribe LLC is my company. And then Whitney Nicole is how I brand myself within my company. Um, Because essentially I want people to become familiarized with my name as the hybrid model of what I'm doing. And it's kind of like my unique style. Um, but yes, Inner Vibe Tribe is the LLC. So you'll still see that on a couple of things. And then for Instagram, Inner Vibe Tribe actually came before Whitney Nicole. So that's why it's on there on Instagram, which is kind of funny because as you probably can relate, things always evolve in business. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I started Manifest It and then I got that as trademarked. And But I put my name on everything. I understand what you're saying. You're the creator of Inner Vibe Tribe under your name, Whitney Nicole. So, okay. All right. So it sounds to me like you know how to trust the process of manifesting because you kept saying that, you know, you saw signs, some synchronicities come to your attention and then you realized, oh, everything's starting to piece together. How long did that take for you to come to that realization? What's so interesting is when I, so I would say about four years ago is when I really dug my heels in deep on this whole like spiritual part of my journey. But what's interesting is, and maybe other people who have gone through this can relate. I think back on my life on what prepared me to actually do this. And so when I started to dig my heels in four years ago, it wasn't like I was starting from an empty slate. Since I was a child, I actually grew up in a pretty strict and religious home. And so there were aspects of that, not all of the aspects of that, but some aspects were learning how to have faith, you know, and trust then. So I've kind of carried these little nuggets with me, but it was like four years ago when I really was like, okay, I'm going to dig my heels in. And so Inner Vibe Tribe is a little over a year old as far as like active work Mm -hmm. on the business. And I would say within that full year and 2020 was just a crazy year. I mean, I learned a lot of things really fast in 2020 and I was able to correct a lot of things and understand what it is to truly manifest without this sense of control, that it's more about getting your vibration to match the level of what it is you're trying to attract or call in. And that's not as easy as it sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah. So that kind of, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, and you don't have to, if you don't do, was there a specific mistake in your business that you realized like, Oh, I don't want to do it this way or, Oh, I need to change this. And if so, how did you overcome it? Oh yeah. I can say for sure, without a doubt, I've made tons of mistakes. 
I would say that the biggest one or the one that really impacted me, it was like, it took a long time for me to see it. And that was the biggest hurdle, but it was really this level of like authenticity. And it was like, it was like, I had my authentic self or this understanding of what that was outside of the business. But then when it came to inner vibe tribe, I was still kind of stuck on being this version of myself as a therapist. And so I was like, you're not being real. You're not being, you know, people are like, okay, you've really got to put it out there. You've really got to own who you are because it sends a message to the universe. You're either ready or you're not ready. If you're not authentic, then you're not going to draw in your divine right clients. And I think that was my biggest mistake is like, I was trying to portray what I thought I needed to portray for inner vibe tribe, but it was like based on my identity under my, my counseling business, which is onward clearing counseling. And so that was just like such an embedded identity in me. And I was like, oh, it should be easy. It should be easy. It's so similar. One's counseling, one's coaching, but it, it, it really has a different vibe to it. <laughs> I was going to say that same thing for me. I, in the first two years, I was trying to figure out, well, I need to get uh, clients. I need to get people. And, and it was like, no, I just need to be myself. Mm-hmm. Just, oh my God. Yeah. And it seems simple, but it is kind of difficult when, when you're putting yourself out there and that's what inner vibe tribe, it pushed me. I didn't realize how much safety net I had as a therapist. I'm in a room that's private. No one can hear our conversations. There's hardly any marketing that went into that because I mainly worked through insurance companies. So that was automatic pay. I mean, getting the referrals was kind of tricky at first, but then once you get that steady stream. I mean, it's pretty easy. And also insurances give you clients too. So inner vibe tribe was all me. I also started doing more online, which I was, I'm still getting used to, but I'm much better at like being myself. If I say something like I mess up, I'm not like trying to be perfect. Pretty much as business owners, every single one of us went through growing pains and Mm -hmm. we'll say my biggest growing pain in 2020 was to think that even though I know this logically, but I kept pushing myself thinking, well, if I just keep pushing myself because I'm taking the action, it'll just manifest quicker, which is my formula. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about taking manifesting action, but it was so eye-opening over and over again in 2020 to learn how to trust the process and surrender to the outcome. And I feel like no matter how far we get with mastering the law of attraction, because we keep wanting to grow and manifest big things, we're always going to have to be a student of how to surrender to the outcome and trust the process. Thinking about like some mistakes that maybe you realized last year and you got over them and you realized, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. Thinking back on it now, Are you saying like, man, I wish I could go back and tell myself in 2020, you know what, don't worry, just, just relax. It's going to be fine. Or what is your process in terms of hindsight 2020? (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think I used to like towards the end of 2020, I was kind of like, man, maybe I should have done things different. Maybe I'd be further along than where I am now. But I feel like there's a whole new kind of outlook, a wave of energy that has given us permission to kind of look at things in a different way. And so when I look back, I'm kind of like, man, I, I'm kind of glad I went through that struggle. And then I had to kind of 
fight to, to move past it, to get over it, to get to where I am now, because it's like a tool that you can't put a price on, which is like learning the ropes of being your authentic self. And I really found out what it was like when you're not your authentic self and like just natural organic consequences of that, whether it's not pulling in clients or not bringing in your clients. I've made the mistake of bringing in clients that weren't really aligned with me, but I wasn't being myself. So I attracted them. And then it was not a good experience. And so I'm kind of glad that I got my butt kicked a little bit in that realm because I really know how important it is. And so the next time like that energy comes my way where it's misaligned, I know, okay, wait, I need to be authentic to who I am at all times. I also agree with what you said about when you continue to manifest and like you're a growth oriented person, you like keep leveling that up. I'm like, okay, there's going to be another version of this again, like a challenge uh, or several challenges, but I, I know it actually ends up okay. Yeah. And I find this super interesting listeners because this is a woman who has a degree in psychology, right? Like she knows how the human brain ticks. So if anyone out there listening is so hard on yourself and don't get me wrong, I'm a perfectionist. And I do say recovering perfectionist because I am always a recovering perfectionist and I'm always hard on myself. But every human being, it sounds like we all go through the same growing pains where, you know, we think we know how to attract clients or readers or uh, listeners or customers. Then you go through some moments where you're like, this is not at all what I expected it to be. And then you think, well, I was supposed to go through this. So that way I could learn ABC. And then going forward, it's kind of like a sigh of relief, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I wanted to say to your listeners too, when it comes to growth or manifesting, it's this idea of continuing to level up or manifest at, you know, even higher levels or faster levels definitely requires, you know, more growth, which sometimes requires or almost always requires hard lessons in the midst of being right in the middle of the lesson. It may not feel like we're vibrating at the highest and that's okay. I, I don't feel like that's a setback. It may just be preparing you to level up yet again. And mm -hmm. that's what I experienced in 2020. I went through a divorce in 2020. And there's a lot of low vibration in that process, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> and it was like, instead of surrendering and going backwards in my energy and just becoming defeated in that, I knew that there was something leveled up waiting on the other side of that energy. But I knew that I also had to kind of like do the work and stick in there to get to the other side. now that you're on the other side, how do you feel? And, you know, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people go through divorce. We go into marriages thinking they're going to last forever and it doesn't always. For the people who are feeling stuck, and I know that my books are called Don't Feel Stuck, but there are reasons that we go through things that in the moment it feels like the worst thing, but then you get out to the other side and then you go, oh, well, if I had known this, then I wouldn't have kept fighting with myself internally. Mm -hmm. What is it like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex in the City where she just says, oh, 40 is the new 20. And like, she's all like, <laughs> yeah, 
I never thought about it that way. Exactly. It's like a new lease on life. It's so interesting. For me, I feel very proud of myself. There were some really, really low moments during that process and moments where it was like I could see myself from a helicopter view and I'm looking down at myself going, girl, you're, you're really, really down on your luck. You're sad. You're, you're, this might be rock. Oh wait, no, this might be rock. Like the next day when it was worse. (laughs) And so, but at the same time, it's like when you watch yourself succeed and overcome those dark depths like that, I feel like you come out with a new sense of strength and that you can take on more than you realized. And then means you're tougher. You're more like Teflon and um, you can manifest. Like I'm manifesting things now that I never would have thought that I was even allowed to have or reach for before. And I don't think that would have happened had I not gone through the divorce because I think the divorce had a lot to do with shedding layers that weren't authentic to me. And that was what my journey was about. So it definitely happened in a very dramatic way when you think about the whole process of divorce but when you simplify it it was like shedding a piece of me that was not conducive to manifesting at the highest level for me Mm -hmm. I sometimes refer to it as getting out of your own way and when you think that you're losing something you're really just making physical space for what you really truly want to yeah. And so when yeah. we're like, I don't understand, like I'm doing everything. I'm thinking positively, you know, I'm doing everything that law of attraction states to do, but I still cannot manifest what it is that I want. And I say, well, are you trying to control your surroundings and the situation? And if so, what would happen if you stopped trying to control the situation and your surroundings and just relaxed and went with the flow and allowed for change to happen. (laughs) Do you think maybe you could manifest it then? And then, you know, they stop and they think, oh yeah, maybe I am trying to control the situation or the people around me, which was one reason why I wanted to bring up today's events in our country, because what I saw today was a bunch of people who were angry and scared and they wanted to control the situation and the outcome. And it's like, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be what the way that you fear it's going to be unless that's what you focus on most of the time. And so I just want people who are out there and they're like, man, it's 2021. We're supposed to be having a better year and I'm feeling scared and I'm feeling anxious And I don't really feel like 2021 is that different from 2020. I say, yeah, because it's just a little blip on the map of the universe. And, you know, like, it's not going to change overnight whatever you hope to receive unless you get out of the way and just go with the flow. And so, like you said, you went through a tough time and then you just were like, well, I have to get through this. And then now you're looking back. Yeah. I shed that skin, that layer that is no longer serving me for my highest happiness. And every single time I do something like that, I always tell myself, okay, next time around, I'm just going to relax and go with the flow. And then of course my perfectionism tries to rear its ugly head. But I feel like this is a lifelong journey and process for all of us. Do you feel that way too? 100%. And I think accepting that is half of getting the answer to that, of half the battle. 
Because like, I do think sometimes as human beings, we're more conditioned to want to resist that almost like life is moving the goalpost on us. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's more of a pessimistic way to look at it. Because if you think about it as it, life is moving the goalpost, it's almost like life is playing a nasty trick on us. And I think it's more like the universe gives us the opportunity to continue to elevate. You focus more on relationships, right? I did as a therapist, but now as a coach, it's individual spiritual coaching. So I work with the individual now. But do you mm-hmm. work with the individual about relationships and, and couples? Yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, I, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. I, sh- I didn't oh, say oh, yeah. the right way. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah, because I spent most of my life, you know, thinking that, I needed to be accepted. Then once I hit 26 and hit rock bottom and then went, went to cognitive therapy and started myself with knowledge, I realized, oh, I don't have to bend myself a certain way in order to be molded into a shape or form that somebody else expects me to be. And even though I'm stubborn and it took me a, another few years to really embrace that, I have embraced that now. And I have to say, when I set my intention after being single for nine years, and I said, okay, now I'm ready for the right relationship and my ideal relationship, you know, I really did manifest it really quickly. And like you said, authenticity, if you are authentic to yourself and you stick to that course, it's not really like, oh, I'm going to go out with this person on a date and hopefully they accept me. It's like, no, I'm going to go out with this person on a date and I'm going to be interviewing them just as much Mm -hmm. as interviewing me because maybe they are not the right fit for me. So it took me a long time to understand this concept, but it really truly is a gift when you realize like, oh, this person is not going to work out for me in a relationship because then at that point you realize, okay, I'm going to refine and define and I'm going to keep going because I'm that much closer to my ideal relationship. At least that's how I approach it in my book, Don't Feel In Love. How do you get with your clients who are single and they're wanting to, they don't want to feel like they're not desired anymore and they want to be in a happy, loving relationship. How do you approach it? Yeah. So this is my, my philosophy for relationships, but pretty much in general is the relationship that needs to be the strongest and the most sacred is the one you have with yourself. And so there's a lot of relationship books that talk about like do's and don'ts for how to get this person or how to, or like what to say. And I always feel like those things can be helpful to a degree, but they're not as deep or as long lasting because when you are going out there to date, like you said, like it's really about manifesting like everything else. So it's not about whether you're on a certain dating app and that dating app is attracting like eligible people. You can attract an eligible people or eligible person from wherever you're at. But I think you have to be willing to own your vibration and not yield that I know a lot of my clients will struggle with they're dating someone new and that person they're dating makes a request or puts something out there and wants to move things quicker and they're just simply not okay with that. So now they have a choice. Are they going to honor the relationship with themselves first and speak on that or set those boundaries or are they going to yield to that person 
and dishonor the relationship with themselves. And now they're setting a new precedent for vibration in that relationship, which usually is not going to lead to them being compatible if they're already starting off in that um, yielding kind of vibration. And so it's better to choose yourself first. And if you don't get the person, then it's probably a good thing because you are kind of weeding out who is not going to be a vibrational match to you. And you can thank yourself in the long run for that. (laughs) Just like I should have done with my (laughs) ex-husband. Oh, but I mean, (laughs) I I mean, all of us, all of us, it took me like four times for me to just get my heart completely smashed Mm -hmm. and and then for me to realize, you know what, I don't, I never really did love these people. I just thought I did because I, right. I was trying to fit myself into that mold of expectation that other people have. And so the way I manifested my, I call him my sweet chemist, but um, he's a chemist. His name's Jim. And I've been with him for a little over three years. And that year before he came into my life, I didn't focus on physical traits. I focused more on personality and morals and ideologies, things that were just important in one's life rather than the physical stuff or, you know, how much money they make or kind of car they drive. I didn't focus on any of the materialistic or physical surface-based stuff, but I focused on how I wanted to feel in the relationship and what kind of relationship I really wanted. And I focused on the type of person, and again, in terms of personality and morals. When I kept going through the steps that I put in my book, it was amazing because, like you said earlier, the synchronicities and the signs, I started seeing them. And I took manifesting action. You know, I signed up for eHarmony at the time. And, uh-huh. you know, I thought, well, what do I have to lose? $20. It was $20 for three months. So I thought, if it doesn't work out, then I lost $20, right? Surprisingly, I literally manifested exactly what I wrote out uh-huh. into reality. So it was 99% of everything I ever wanted in a man he is. And the one little tiny, <laughs> the 1% is because he doesn't have like a foreign accent. He's, he's from America and he's not European. And that's like, <laughs> not a big deal. but <laughs> I, the relationship though, it's a hundred percent of the way I set my intentions. And along the way, I paid attention to how people were behaving rather than what they were saying. If it felt like I had to bend myself a certain way to you know, in order to compromise, I'm not going to do that because I've done that my whole life. And that's just a familiar feeling. Breaking these habits are not always easy, but you do start being mindful of your behavior and your thought patterns and you get, you keep that whole end result in your brain and you're like the end result, end result. I want to, you know, this is how I want to feel. And this is the relationship I want to experience and you make a commitment to that. And then he just slowly slipped right under my arm. And it, it was so easy. And it was easy for him. And it was easy for me. It's not like we don't argue. I mean, sometimes we argue. We're human. But as far as the process of 
becoming a couple and entering into the relationship, it wasn't me constantly having to bend over backwards in order to make the other person happy. It is really and truly breaking down past behaviors and habits and establishing new ones that are more empowering. Obviously, we love the brain. So how do you (laughs) approach with your clients breaking down the habitual patterns in order for them to realize, I've got to start a new pattern here? Yeah, I think a big piece of the journey is just noticing first what those patterns are. I get a variety of people who work with me who are starting at different places with that. Some people have been getting horrible things happening in their relationships and it's, you know, over and over and over again, but they maybe don't necessarily know why or what that's rooted in within themselves where they keep attracting that. So for them, that's where we would start is, well, we need to really help you get clear because getting clear and understanding yourself is like empowering them to change it. Um, And then I do get clients who are like, I know what's wrong. I know why I do what I do, but how do I stop doing it? Right. And so for them, we're looking at going right into the healing at that point and starting to discontinue those patterns. It's really fun in a sense for myself and with my clients, we do have a lot of fun, but even uncovering, because it's almost like we're detectives for the first set of clients I was talking about where they're trying to identify what does this come from or where, what, what is the thing I'm telling myself or what is the thing I've held on to that I didn't even realize I was holding on to that was negative. A lot of times it goes back to family, goes back to childhood. It goes back to early on relationships in their life when they were young or things that impacted them in a big way that they didn't even realize the impact stuck with them. And it's like kind of been stealing joy from them or stealing their ability to manifest or see themselves in the way they should all along. So those are kind of my favorite moments in working with clients is like when we hit the jackpot and we're like an aha moment of like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. I never realized that that was tied to why I, you know, don't think I'm beautiful or why let people treat me any type of way that they want. And so, yeah, a lot of it is breaking down those barriers of understanding correlations. And I've had clients report like once they hit that aha moment, it shifts the energy for them like right then and there. So they're already starting to heal it. They're already starting to let it go. They're like, come back maybe like the next week or two. And they're like, hey, guess what? Everything we talked about, I was tested again on it. And I didn't fall for it this time. Yay. You know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always refer to it with my readers. It's like opening a can of soda. You push the friction of the tab into the can. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm fighting myself. I'm fighting myself. I'm, oh, I just really want to just control everything. And then as soon as you click, and then all of a sudden you hear that noise, it's like, oh, now I get it. Oh, I just needed to surrender. And like, I do think we're conditioned to fight our traumas. Like we don't want to have to experience them again or open a file of, of what happened and how it made us feel. And it's like, well, if we approach it the correct way in order to release, like you say, like, then when you get that aha moment, it's like, from the soda after you open it. Right, right. Yeah. 
just because we get older and we get jobs or we get education, we do all these adulting things. It doesn't necessarily mean that our inner child was fully healed. And I feel like most people have inner child work to do at some level, even if they didn't experience trauma in their home that they were raised in. Going back to myself as an example, I had a lot of authenticity work to do from childhood. So I also connected more of those dots. So as a therapist, we do our own work too. I realized why like in 2020, it all kind of like came to the surface. It was almost like there was just a little bit more there to go when I thought, I was like, oh, I do, I've done that work already. And then I was surprised, surprise, <laughs> you're still not being 100% authentic, Whitney, and you're being tested with this new business. And then I'm like, okay, back to the inner child work. I have to make my inner child feel safe. I have to ask my inner child how they're doing because apparently there's still more work to be done. I feel like at least for me in 2020, it was a lot about, okay, when I think about long-term where do I want to be five years from now? And I was thinking about it in the sense of not only as a business owner, but also, you know, on a personal level. And so I had some scary moments for myself that again, like you said, inner child, it was that child in me who was like, Hey, fear, fear over here and not going away. You know, I reached out to a therapist and I worked with them Mm -hmm. a couple of months and I realized, okay, this is why I'm feeling fearful, even though this fear stems from back when I was young. And so when I opened up and talked to my boyfriend and was like, well, I feel this way and this is where I want to go and this is where I want to be for not only us, but for even for myself and my business. And when I talked to him and like literally got vulnerable I was scared. I mean, I got exactly what I wanted from it from, you know, I had a favorable outcome, but if I had known that it was going to be a favorable outcome, then I wouldn't have put myself through all of that pity. And I feel like whether it's a relationship or my business decisions or anything, I feel like all of us in some more than others, but me, I always want to think the worst just to prepare myself before I take action. And then when I take action and I realize, oh, why am I making such a big deal about it? And then I laugh at myself, but then I feel kind of foolish because I'm like, well, why did I like beat myself up over this? Like could have just, you know, made this so much easier. And don't get me wrong. There are times where, you know, I take a leap on something and it doesn't pan out and I'm sad. But in those moments, I just try my best to keep thinking in result, in result, in result. Because yeah, again, like sometimes things are cleared out of your way. So that way your manifestation itself can appear in front of you. What are some of the proudest moments you've had as a business owner? For me, some of the, and because my whole thing has been, as I've been talking about, is like this whole authenticity. When I manifest a client that is so right for what it is that I am offering, that is like tears of joy, proud moment. And and they'll probably never know exactly how much that means to me um, because it's like such a part of my personal journey of being myself. But when I bring in that client, call in that client, 
based on being myself, right? It's like, wow, you just, you did it. <laughs> and um, I've had a few of those. So I guess proudest, there's a few, there's, there's been quite a few proud moments, but um, it's funny because it never gets old for me. It's a reminder actually that I'm still manifesting and still being authentic when, when they show up and we connect and it's like within the first five to 10 minutes of talking to them, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I kind of like look up. I'm like, thank my spirit guides. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it can be something really small, but it can be something really huge. And either way for me as well, like you said, it never gets old. It just, again, kind of like the synchronicities, you know, you just, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. And um, it just kind of makes the, I don't want to say the struggle, but it just kind of makes those moments where you do feel doubtful and you are scared and, and you are mentally struggling. It, it just kind of makes it go, oh, okay, well, I was meant, you know, I was meant to go, I was meant to experience that, but I didn't unpack. And thank gosh I didn't unpack because now look where I am and, or, or look what I achieved or it's amazing how you think in your mind how everything is going to work out and then it doesn't work out like that, but it works out better. Right. Exactly. 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 If you have a dream, if you have a vision and you feel it to your core, really, really stick to who you are. And I also like to think that when we don't stick to who we are, we're like cutting off the opportunity of our special, unique light that we have to bring into the world and you just may be offering something so different and so you that it is special and it becomes super powerful in somebody's life so don't ever discount even if you see somebody doing something that is seems to be making them so successful you've got to be authentic to you and trust and have faith because it will pay off such great advice and in terms for you, do you have any kind of daily routines or behaviors that you do to kind of keep the stress at bay or, or are there certain things um, that you do weekly or monthly? Like, I mean, obviously being a business owner, it's not going to be a bed of roses all the time and it's not cheap at all. I mean, it's, it's expensive to own your own business, but how do you keep your stress low my um like management of my stress and my emotions and um so i'm an aquarius i naturally tend towards logical thought a lot and so when it comes to my emotions sometimes i can throw that to the wayside so i have now since i know that about myself and this has been for a number of years now but um i make like a deliberate effort to do the things that keep me emotionally balanced and then whenever I run into like a business challenge snafu or just like a stressful business situation, then I go into those coping skills even more. Like I up them like times five or times 10 and I really set my boundaries. So like I never treat every week like, oh, I have to uphold this exact standard. And if I don't, there's something wrong with me. It's more like you just never know what's going to be thrown your way when you own a business. Um, and I feel like accepting and giving yourself some grace around that has to be part of it. And so if one week I'm on my stuff and I did X amount of work and productivity and then next week, you know, something happens with my family member and now I'm like, 
I have this other set of emotions to deal with. I will not hold myself to the same standard that I did last week. And that's the beauty of being a business owner too, is that you don't have this boss looming over your head saying like, if you don't, you know, uphold the same level of productivity or the same attitude or the same emotional tolerance, then, you know, there's an issue. It's like you have the freedom to tend to yourself the way you need to. And then maybe I'll pick up the slack the following week. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like the flexibility is there for me. So I, my spirituality is what keeps me afloat. I meditate. I do crystal work. I talk to my guides and my guardians and my angels. And I tune into them on a pretty constant basis to do like vibe checks and energy checks with myself. They're pretty straight up with me. And they know if I'm, if I'm being inauthentic, they'll be like, yeah, try again, girl. That's, yeah. that's, you're not, <laughs> you're not being real, Whitney. Be honest. You're really upset by what they said. So you need to process that. Um, so it's my life. You know, the, the spiritual part is what keeps me afloat. Yeah. Cause it's a roller coaster and that's the way life is. And I always tell people energy influences itself. So of course, it's not going to be a straight line up the ladder. It's going to be up and down, up and down. And sometimes it's going to be up a little bit higher. And then it might be down, you know, just a smidge and go up again. I mean, it's so, like you said, you you don't know what's going to get thrown at you. And so, yeah, I like that you said being flexible and giving yourself grace. I like that. And it's funny that you're an Aquarius because I don't know what it is, but I attract so many Aquarians. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I, most of my exes are Aquarius. And if they're Aquarius, then they're like Gemini. And my current boyfriend's a Gemini. Oh my God. But, um, but yeah, like the air signs, I, I've seen yeah. more air signs. I'm a Pisces, but, um, oh, wow. but yeah, it's just weird that when you said Aquarius, I was like in my head going, of course she is. <laughs> of course she is. Yeah. Well, I have a theory on this too, because it's so funny that you're a water sign. I Like I have all water signs around me right now. And that's pretty much all I'm attracted to as far as like friends or partner, anything like that. It's water signs. And my theory is my air sign is a very like um, logical masculine energy. And 2020 was all about balancing that out. And so I'm gravitating towards people who really have that nurturing, the emotional, empathetic side. I feel like the water signs are really good at holding space emotionally and tuning in with intuition, where sometimes Aquarians can get in their head and get too caught up by overthinking things. Um, And so I really appreciate that gentle loving spirit of the water signs and I feel like there's no butting of heads because it's just kind of like a yin and yang like a nice balance between Mm -hmm. the air and the water but yeah yeah (laughs) and also I think and I don't know if I mean this is just something I read a couple weeks ago but a lot of air and water signs they they tend to gravitate towards open-ended conversations you know they don't they're willing to think about all angles of subjects and um, not saying that earth and fire don't, but it just seems like the air and the water signs, they gravitate towards each other because they like to talk about like super intellectual theories and, and, and maybe some things that the, the what ifs of, of the world and, and the universe and, 
I mean, again, I could be wrong, but that was just something that I, I read a few weeks ago and I was like, well, maybe that's why I, <laughs> I attract air signs, especially Aquarians, because Aquarius is very much their forward thinkers and their innovators and, and also they're great humanitarians unless you mm-hmm. know, they're fake humanitarians and they're <laughs> people in the world. Yeah. And like yeah. that, you know, I know a little bit, I know some people in Hollywood and I know some people like in the media world. And again, like you said, authenticity, I try so hard to be mindful when I'm given an opportunity. It's like, I have to be authentic because I don't want to be a person who gives off a persona to the public and then they're like totally different and private. And there's a lot of people in the world who are two-faced like that. For me, it's super important to be honest and open all the time in terms of who I am and my morals and values and my behaviors. And so I also think that might be why I attract Aquarius because they are very open with what they think. Yeah, something I've also come to like learn about the signs is because you know you read a lot of stuff out there um, about this sign and that sign, and what I realized is like the evolved version of that sign versus like the ones who maybe haven't done a lot of their healing work. I feel like can be completely different, and so almost like when I think of like Aquarians or any sign really, um, I think of like the the Aquarian that. Aquariuses that have done their work and the ones that haven't. When I was young, I was pretty crazy. So, I mean, when I was um, a child Aquarian, it was like very reckless. Imagine this child humanitarian who speaks their mind but has no filter, you know? So, I was very energy output, but I didn't really know how to hold space for other people and it was a little bit more chaotic. So, I definitely think there are like good and bad for lack of a better term like of of all the signs some pisces who haven't done their work can be too giving or letting people take advantage of them or just not have a good hold on their emotions Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you've done like so much of your work i've done so much of my work and so i think that we found each other online yeah Yeah, because you said you said um you as a child like you know felt Mm -hmm. that's how I am now as an adult (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) I I wasn't that way as a child I was so docile and I was just like yeah yeah the boat don't rock the boat Jacqueline be a good girl you know and and yeah and growing up I just kept getting taken advantage of you know uh you know it was just at some point I was just like all right I'm done with this and then yeah I just decided all right I I don't have a filter I'm just gonna speak my mind and I call it like I see it and even though honesty can be a good thing sometimes people don't want to hear the truth and you know again it's like your perception is your reality so um yeah, so it's just funny that that you said that when as a child that you were like I just had like all these things and I didn't know how to like make space for and it's like yep. kind of me now because I mm-hmm. I was just so docile, so docile, and I yeah. ended up getting hurt so much and and now I I'm a little better about I still have a ways to go but I am a little better about boundaries and making sure people don't 
cross my line of boundary. But I, I mean, I'll admit there are times when my old familiar ways will surface and I want to people please. And then I'm like, wait, I don't need to do that. Why am I doing this? <laughs> right. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, working with you, that is a great opportunity for anyone who is feeling lost, feeling confused, not, you know, they want to have good relationships and a good support system around them, but they're not really quite sure how to have that opportunity come into their physical sphere. And it, it sounds like you're the go-to person for being able to break down those habitual patterns of whatever they are and getting really raw with yourself and then being able to come out on the other side as like the rising phoenix or the butterfly that comes out of its cocoon and then all of a sudden you're like okay I'm ready for all my blessings they can just come whenever they want I think it would be fun working with you oh I really appreciate that so so much like I love this work. I'm super passionate and I live for moments to see clients rise like the Phoenix that they are. And when they realize that they are that Phoenix and they can see themselves spread their wings and rise, like nothing fills me up more. Like I will do this to the day that I die is how much I love this work. What are some, is it like programs or what are some of the ways that people can work with you? A lot of the work that I do is self-scheduled. So you can go to my website at WhitneyNicole.com and you can just look at the availability and schedule yourself. There's a couple of different service options and different lengths of time, depending on what you need. And then I'm also going to be doing a series of what I'm calling spiritual groups. So it's going to integrate both sides, the masculine, the feminine, the logical and the spiritual. And it's going to be what I'm calling like a collective spiritual group. I'm going to be doing some live channeling for that specific group. We're going to have breakout groups and it's going to be a fun time. Really? You have your website and they can go to it. And then are you on Facebook? Cause I know you're on Instagram, but are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook, but I'm not as active on Facebook. It's also going to be in our vibe tribe at both Facebook and Instagram. But everything I post to Instagram carries over to Facebook, even if I'm not directly interacting on Facebook. So if people are more familiar with Facebook, you can at least like be updated on likes new and what's going on with Intervive Tribe and then just stay updated. But I would say if you're wanting the most live and up-to-date updates, <laughs> then you can go to Intervive Tribe on Instagram. That's pretty much my main platform. Okay. And do you have on your website, do you have an email list serve? So if people want to opt in to get updates that way? Yes. So if they want to email me directly, because they have that as an option, you can go to info at com. But also on my website, there is a button where you can put your email in. You can also DM me on Instagram if you want me to just add you to the list serve. And I can do it that way too. I have two more questions and okay. one, one is, so when people come to me and they say, I want to manifest my relationship with X specific person, like X meaning like insert person. And they say, how do I do this? I always give my answer. You cannot control what other people choose to do just like you would not want to be controlled or what you choose to do. And then they look at me and they're like, well, she can't help me. 
And I'm thinking to myself, oh, contraire, you know, I'm like, think about it. Like, why would you want someone controlling you about your love decisions? Right. Yeah. Because what if you don't want to be with this person? Does that mean that they get to choose whether or not you get to be with them? It goes both ways. How do you respond when people approach you with this question about relationships? We all have to be responsible for ourselves. I mean, that's really all we can control, I feel like. And trying to control the situation outside of ourselves is like setting ourselves up for something that we're ultimately not going to want in the long run anyways, is kind of how I look at it. Okay. Yeah, because I always tell everyone, you know, if you're going to get my book, The Don't Feel Stuck in Love one, it's about manifesting your ideal relationship. So you may manifest a relationship with that person, but you may manifest someone even better and even more loving and greater. I tell people, be open to any and every possibility when it comes to being committed to the ideal relationship that you want. Be open to who shows up for it because And again, I always tell everybody who follows me, you either manifest exactly what you want or something much better comes to you for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so like in the grand scheme of things, I'm not telling people that they can't manifest certain person in a relationship with them. I just spin it and have them examine it from, well, how would you like it if someone wanted to be with you and you didn't want to be with them, but you didn't have this choice. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I was just interested to know like how you answering that. The other thing that I, that comes up for me with that is like all the time we manifest where we're currently at. So like if somebody comes to us as coaches or, you know, helpers and they say, okay, I want to manifest this exact person. And then something else kind of walks through their door and they're like, this isn't what I wanted. Then even that's like, for me, that's like a jumping off point for them to look at what do you think's going on in your energy to where this person is the one who walked in. And it's not a blaming thing. It's not a shaming thing, but it may give them a jumping off point to look at what still needs to be healed or maybe this is a good learning experience. I've had clients go out on dates with people who were not their ideal partner and then used it in therapy to pro- like use that talking about that relationship to process what they're still working on. And they didn't not like they're playing a game or they're inauthentically dating that person, but they decided to give it a chance to be open and continue the growing and the learning. And so I don't feel like every relationship is a wash just because it's not the one like the one that's like the ultimate one in our minds. And maybe as we date people who are not the one, we get closer to understanding what our real one is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like we get yeah. clearer about it. Yeah. The yeah. Whole refine, define your manifestation. Yeah. Cause we think we know what we want, but sometimes mm-hmm. better comes to us and we didn't realize it's possible. So yeah. in general, I mean, I guess it could be about I mean, that, that was great advice for relationships, but it's mm-hmm. general for people who you know, are spiritual and maybe they don't know a lot about a law of attraction and how it works, or maybe they're new on this journey. What is your best law of attraction advice like, generally for the listeners? 
my best advice on law of attraction is focus on your own vibration. Once you know clearly like what it is or as best as you can possibly get it to knowing what it is, then the work after that is about getting your vibration to match the level of that thing that you're trying to call in. And sometimes what people, they'll have their thing and they have it in their vault waiting and this is what I want. And then they start to go to work on their vibration and it's not an obsessive work. It's not a anxiety provoking. It's not meant to be something where you're like obsessing about that thing every day and thinking about it. It's almost better to like put it in the vault. Like your subconscious mind knows it's there, but your conscious mind is like doing the work day by day to get your vibration up. And so there's really nothing to obsess or worry about because as long as your vibration gets up or moves, then you're headed in the right direction and you're doing better and better and better and better. And so I feel like a lot of people where they go wrong with the law of attraction is they are like continuing to think about that thing and how they're not there yet. I'm like, how is that helping your vibration get up? It's not. <laughs> it's, it's actually putting you in a bummed out place because you're sending a message to the universe that like every day, hey, universe, I don't have that red Corvette. Hey, universe, I don't have that red Corvette. And <laughs> eventually, that's the vibration you hold is what you don't have. So mm -hmm. work on getting your vibration up to and, and, and not obsess about it. So start putting little things in place. Start thinking more positive thoughts. Start having a ritual, a routine when you wake up in the morning. Start surrounding yourself with people who have a vibration closer to what's in your vault, like all these things and just do it with fun, like have fun with it. Like it's fun to better yourself. It's fun. And then if there's something standing in your way, like you've identified like, Oh wow, this is really a block for me. And you feel like you're having a hard time moving it. Then that's where I think working with somebody who has a high vibration, a coach, a counselor, somebody like that who can actively help you move it. And then you can get on to raising your vibration again. That's a really, really good point and definitely really good advice for not only just novice law of attraction uh, learners, even seasoned ones. Because, yeah, we're, we're always the student learning how to surrender and learning to be mindful of our mindset audits. So thanks so much for coming on this show. It was so much fun to talk to you. And can tell the listeners one more time what your website address is, and I'll put it in the podcast description. It's WhitneyNicole.com, and that's Whitney with two E's.com. And you can also go to Inner Vibe Tribe on Instagram to get the latest on the content and then just DM me to chit chat. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much again. I really feel like this was not only just fun for me, but it was also clarification for me that, okay, yeah, I'm just going to stick to my path and yeah, I just keep going. Just, we got to just keep going. So thank awesome. you so much. Thank you. I had so much fun. It was really fun to connect. So are you ready to manifest even faster? Go to your country's Amazon website and type in don't feel stuck. Seriously, your soul will thank you. See you next time, manifestors. Move with the good. Shake it up, stop when the clock gets 13. 